collection of the Toe Network. This is Laser Knees number 85, the secret contest of Sentai Champions Ryuki War. I'm Aleph. And I'm Sono, and this is Super Sentai Strongest Battle, Episode 1, Who's the Strongest of Them All? And Episode 2, The March of the Mysterious Armor. Our writer for these two was Naruhisa Arakawa, and our director was Koichi Sakamoto. <sighs> okay, wow, alright. <laughs> Yeah, I I appreciate that they seem to be keeping Sakamoto on a tight-ish leash. He's sneaking a little bit of his normal stuff in with Rita, but it's usually, like, in a wide shot and pretty minimal, and mostly just that she's, like, got hot pants. But mostly she's just existing in hot pants, and, and he's I can Sakamoto. live with that. So. But it's not like, we're not getting, like, close-ups of her thighs. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. And <laughs> he's... They've kept him completely off of Kagura, which I feel is probably the most important that given regardless of how old uh, Moritaka Ai is, Kagura at best is like 12. Yeah, the character herself is a literal actual child, and Kagura, as we see her, is a projection of what she will look, what she may look like in the future. Tokyo's great, y'all, if you haven't watched it. But I, I confess... As I was watching, I had no inkling that this was a Sakamoto joint. Because, like you said, this is, for him, wow, this was restrained. On top of, like, the, the, the action being rather nice, there weren't a whole bunch of what I consider some of his trademarks. You know, just slow-motion random explosions. Because, um, boy, I, I really love Forza. But also, there was no, like you said, like, leering close-ups on ladies' thighs. Because uh, that dude is usually inappropriate as hell on these projects. Yeah, I think that since this is airing on television in, like, the children time slots, they're probably keeping him pretty restrained. Because, like, nine times out of ten, he is on direct-to-DVD stuff anymore. That's... Oof. If they're going to keep employing him, that's for the best. Because, I mean, look, I'm... I would personally prefer someone with the same flair for action who also isn't horny on main 24-7. But if he is going to be around, I'm, I'm glad they've got him on lockdown, because, wow, it can get uncomfortable with that dude. Even, even when he's, like, restrained, even when they're like, hey, just dial it back, there's still a lot of, like, hey, here's a shot where all the girls are in bikinis. Why? Shrug. It's look, I watched Girls in Trouble, and that's like the worst of Sakamoto I, I did. on display. The first ten minutes of that film are the most unpleasant thing I've ever watched. I I believe it, because there is the bit in the actual space squad thing where it's just this lady this this lady being tortured for like it's like, hey, why are we why are we lingering on this so much? Because this doesn't feel like, hey, we need to establish that you all understand she's not having a good time. We got that. <laughs> like, it's the first ten minutes of this film is a time loop, for one thing. Oh boy. And it is it is just Sakamoto shots, like Sakamoto TM shots, of these four women, like, dying over and over. Yeah, no, no, I'm very glad I haven't watched it then. It's incredibly unpleasant. I'm going to move away from the topic of Koichi Sakamoto, or at least 
to the side because, uh, unpleasant. And I actually had fun with these. Because I also want to point out, because, okay, we know who the director is. You mentioned the writer. I'm actually really impressed that Toei busted out their two big guns for this special, because Sakamoto, yeah, fine. He's, you know, big event, whatever. Naruhisa Arakawa? Kamen Rider Kuga Arakawa? Deka Ranger Arakawa? Gokaiger Arakawa? Like, that's pulling out the stops. Because, <laughs> like, look, I confess there's a part of me that looks at that has looked at this thing in the light of the rumors of the Super Sentai franchise possibly being in some kind of trouble. So, yeah, if you're in trouble and you want to help drum up interest, yeah, you bring in the big guns that people know. Because, look, I don't know how much Japanese Sentai fans listen ahead to find out who's doing stuff. I certainly wasn't aware that Arakawa was writing these. But if I had been... And it was airing on TV like it's, hey, everybody, shut up, clear the day. I'm watching some new Narhis Arakawa doing Sentai stuff. Especially since, like, Marvel's. Anyway, it's just, this is the sort of thing that you should do to try and bring folks back to Sentai if they'd switched off around Zhuoger, which I, I couldn't blame them for. Speaking speaking of them trying to drum interest back to Super Sentai, I am going to roll right into our bad things. Yeah, let's do that. Because um, I guess this isn't exactly bad, but I'm fully indifferent to the Ryu Soldier stuff that's going on in this. Like, if the point of this special is to, like, use the old Sentais to get me hyped for the new one... They're doing a really bad job of it. Yeah, same hat, dude. Because every... It's not great. It's not great. I mean, like, they did make the correct choice of using the green and black, because that is my kryptonite. But even then, it's all just this weird sidebar to a much more interesting thing full of characters that I already care about. Like, it's not even these two, like, meeting all the old characters. They're completely irrelevant to what's going on. So you've got, like, these full episodes of here's a bunch of characters you really love interacting and having all of these problems that they're solving together, and then you tack those two on at the end, and they're just doing, like, they're just walking around in a scene that's got nothing in it. It's just like, well, get back to the people I care about. Like, I want to care about these two, because you're presenting to me a Green Ranger and a Black Ranger who've clearly got a bond, and I know what I'm about, but they're not doing anything. They're just walking around in a cave, and a bunch of people that I've already got an emotional investment in are wrapped up in this big tournament and a bunch of mysteries. Like, let me go see what they're up to. Yeah, no, because I, and look, look, I will say I at least appreciate that, because uh, for all I also want to care, I don't, but I at least appreciate that we have the Ryu Soldier armor monster guy, what's his name? Geysorg? Geysorg, yeah. Yeah, Geysorg. Um, and like, okay, he's he's clearly a Ryu, Ryu Soldier design, but green and black, they're just, 
there's no context for them. I don't know why they're doing things. I don't care. I mean, like, I'm imagining that that it's a thing where we're going to associate them with things we did like, but that's it's not going to be a positive association the way it's done. And then I'm guessing, like, later they're going to come back and save the day when it turns out that Games Master or, or the Beyonder or Ultron or Rita, you know, whoever is arranging this secret war, this tournament of champions, I'm guessing they pop in at the end to save the day because that's what you do, but it's, it's, I don't care. <laughs> I just, I don't. Because what are they going to do? Like, if they had been in the show as part of the, f- like, they're just on the other side of the tournament bracket, we could talk. But they're just in a cave looking at stuff and, hey, look, here's the, here's how you play with the new toys. And I'm like, these toys actually look garbage. I'm sorry, they do. Although I appreciate that as of episode two, it's like, okay, the little dinosaur souls, they, they, they like flip out like the ranger keys. That's cute, but also they don't, they don't look good because they're translucent plastic instead of painted plastic. You need the paint to make them pop. Anyway. A thing that's very notable to me is that there's a lot of Aka Red's big V logo, like on the tickets that they get or on the actual logo of this special. Okay, it's not just me then. Or right on. literally like anywhere. They're, they're all over the place. But Akka Red's not here. Where's my Red Dad? Like, especially since he's very much not dead anymore after Zuoger. Like, there's an entire Zuoger special that's about him. So he's alive and fine. And I don't know if Marvelous knows that. Yamato's right there. Yamato met him. Tell Marvelous that his boat dad is okay. That's a thing that I want to see. I mean, first off, yes. But also... I just kind of want to know that Marv's boat dad is okay, because Sono, your your love of the guy has rubbed off on me. I already thought he was neat, but now I'm I'm actually invested in him having a thing, and I just want to know he's co- he's okay. Tell me that thing. I'm I'm glad that I've done this because I love Aka Red so much, and I love his theoretical team. That's not totally theoretical anymore because in that special he's like, yes, Aka Blue exists. And not only were all of my headcanons confirmed, I now have a bunch more, and I love it. Hooray for creative so, like, So, like, bring him up. His logo's all over everything. Yeah. I mean, I think that the V, like, they use that as just sort of a Super Sentai thing as well, but it's become associated with Aka Red, so just give us Aka Red. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure it started with him. Oh, okay. I don't know if they used it before, or no. Well, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have started with him because I think the first time they used it might have been in Gower Ranger versus Super Sentai, and he didn't show up till Bokenger versus Super Sentai. But like, it's his logo. It's the his helmet is that. It's like, good where helmet. is he? Just bring him in. You've got the suit. So thirty-two teams of five is clearly not all of Super Sentai. Like that's. Very much not everyone. And it's not like they even chose, like, two or three people from every team, because every single Bokenger, including Zuban, is present. So you've got seven people from Bokenger. 
And then there's some teams that are entirely missing. Everyone on our core team and also from Lupot, there's only one person. There's only one Decker Ranger, I think. So, like, how contextually, not metatextually, because obviously that was just what, what suits can we find. Um, but contextually, within the context of the story, how did Rita choose who to invite? Was it just whoever had a clear-cut wish of some kind? Was it just whoever happened to be up at 2 a.m. that particular night? Like, how did how did she decide? I, I confess, like, over here, I don't know what all of her, like, prerequisites and, and reasons were, but we, over at my place, we did come up with a theory that there's, since the way she's distributing the tickets is some kind of magic, it it seemed notable to me that we didn't see a lot of Magi Ranger. I didn't see any of them there, or if they were there, I didn't notice them, and that only helps my headcanon along. Or they also didn't see the Ghost Sagers. I mean, Ghost Say Knight, yes, but I don't know. But I was thinking maybe she's only getting the ones she can control, who or who couldn't fight back against her or something. I don't know. It's I hate to well actually this. Oh. Um, but I was, I was very excited over that big group shot, and Majishine is right behind Keichiro. Oh man, I missed that. <laughs> and, like, in the close-up of him, you can see, like, the blue jacket and the S, and then in the, the wide shot of everyone, you can see Maji Blue and Maji Yellow are, like, right next to each other. I didn't see anyone else from the team. Still, but those three at least are definitely the theory, there. So yeah. Um, and go say blue was on Kachers. Oh wow, <laughs> missed that. <laughs> Though I'm not sure if any other Ghostagers besides he and Gose Knight are there, uh, because I don't remember their jackets very well, so I can't spot them very easily in that crowd scene. Um, but I think. I feel like looking at the teams, I think Agri is also there. Cool. All right. Well, then, I I am justly corrected. I, I, I clearly miss some stuff. Though, in fairness to me, there sure were a lot of people. <laughs> oh, yes. There were very many of them, and I spent like an hour just paused on that crowd shot to see who I could find. Uh, because I wanted to pick out every Bokenger, and I did. I can, look, I can respect that. I am slightly confused as to why Stinger in particular is so, like, what the heck about the very concept of magic and being brought here magically. Like, it feels a little weird that Kagura's like, oh, it's like magic, and then suddenly he's like, magic, and gets really hung up on that. Yeah, that is, it is really weird, because dude has been to, and I guess now has been returned to, a whole different universe. This is not his first rodeo, and has also used, and you know, caused the power of cosmic energy, e.g., the power of friendship, to come back from the dead after he was murdered to death by an army of his enemies that one time, so that he could beat a bodiless magic critter that was the bad guy of his entire series. And that's on top of whatever happened in the Q-Ranger Space Squad movie, which I still have, like, I don't know if anyone subbed it. I haven't seen it. I want to. 
Like, I have to imagine magic happened in there somehow, because isn't that the one where Hammy's the bad guy and she has her own villain Sentai, or is that something else? Uh, no, I think that's Q-Ranger versus Space Squad. Yeah. I think that's what like, that is. Magic was in there. It had to be. Yeah, it just, it just feels super weird that he's like, magic? That seems nefarious. I'm gonna go, I'm just gonna walk around and snoop into stuff that I shouldn't for, like, basically no reason. But then again, he was a spy for, like, the first three episodes of Q-Ranger, so maybe that's just how he responds to things I mean, in fairness, that are unfamiliar. That, that does, that tracks pretty well, because when things seem magical, half the time it is Old Man Withers who runs the Haunted Amusement Park of the New Jersey Withers who run the Haunted Amusement Parks. And, and like, sometimes you have to be a spy to find that out. It's, okay, but now I just want a Q-Ranger special in the format of an episode of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, uh, not gonna lie, I'm here for it. Even though, like, Old Man Withers would probably be replaced by Cuervo. Um, also, like, it's gonna be easy to to pick your leads, because if Garu and Lucky aren't Scooby and Shaggy, wh like, what are you doing? Garu and Lucky is Scooby and Shaggy. Stinger is Velma. He's orange and smart. No, uh, yeah, I like that. So Sarugi is Fred. Oh, that's me. <laughs> you're not. I'm and, not saying you're wrong, but it's me. And Raptor is Daphne because I love me a goofy Daphne. Yeah, I'm here for it. Uh, like it's perfect. I mean, you could really. I could also take Hammy or Sparta as Daphne. Uh, any of the three of them would be acceptable, but Raptor is my first choice. Like, just come on. It's perfect. It would be great. Yeah, and, and like, like it, 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 it fits the characters in a fun way without having to go so visually literal with it. Because, like, the easy one, the obvious one, would be Raptor is Velma, but no. Stinger, because smart solves mysteries. Orange. Yeah, like, he's, he's the logic. But, Whereas Raptor is very emotion-driven. Also, I, I do want to see Stinger just look at someone. You cut that out. <laughs> It'd be pretty good. I mean, that's basically what he does to Marvelous, like, that's these true. entire two episodes. That's true. Just anytime Marvelous opens his mouth, he's just like, you cut that out. Uh, moving into episode two, it does seem a tiny bit weird to me that, like, immediately, one scene after giving a big speech about teamwork, Yamato decides to fight another team three-on-one by himself. <laughs> Fair, yeah. Like, I know the entire rest of the team, like, wandered off, but couldn't he just be like, okay, I know, like, I know he thinks he can't rely on Marvelous, and that's, that's basically why he decided to do this, but can't he be like, hey, can we wait another, like, ten minutes for Stinger to get back? Or be like, hey, Rita, can you, like, tell Stinger we're doing this? Could you just, you have magic, could you just teleport him onto the field? It'd be fine. Yeah, like, isn't that how we get there anyway? It just, it seems at least two on three, like, the, the odds are slightly more even. Yeah, no. It just seems a little weird, like, he seems on decent terms with Stinger. As much as you can be when Stinger is put in a new environment. Yeah, well, you know. Like, yeah, he's gonna be a little fussy, but, you know, Yamato at least still thinks he's reliable. I'd like me up. So like just it's it's just really baffling that he's like, We're a team. 
I'm gonna go fight these three guys by myself. Honestly, I'm just thinking, if he's still on a Super Sentai, he's probably still having to hang out with Leo a bunch, and he just has no patience, and every now and again it's just like, you know what, I'm just gonna do this one solo. Just, I don't have patience for you people with all of your, your weird lone wolf nonsense, I'm just gonna go wreck all the things. As a lone wolf, shut up. I'm the red, I have all the upgrades. And he does use them. That's fair. He essentially is three guys in that fight. Honestly, I, I, I know we're talking bad stuff. That fight is pretty sick. Oh yes, we will be talking about that good, fight. Good, good, good. This is a very little thing. This is a very, a very personal thing. Because it's, it's, it's a complete non-issue within the episode itself. But it kind of broke my heart that Natsuki and Zuban have to fight each other. Oh, yeah. Because, like, he's her guardian. He's the only other living thing from the time and place she came from. Like, he, he exists to protect her and to fight with her. And it just kind of made me a little sad that they had to fight each other, even though it's, like, a friendly match. And... You know, like, they're not hurting each other. They're just doing a capture the flag. And I'm just like, what is Zuban's wish, even? What would he want? Maybe he's going to restore the, the old society of Mu. That seems like a thing he'd do. Made me a little sad that they had to fight each other. Because I love, I love the story around them. And specifically, it's Natsuki. Like, if it was any other Bokendra fighting Zuban, I'd be like, that's fair. Like, they, they love Zuban, they all do, but, like, I could see another one being like, I'm, I'm okay with, like, having this fight for, for our wishes, but I'm like, no, he's specifically meant to not fight her. That is the opposite of what he's for. Okay, so I know, like, save a child's life is an incredibly red sort of motivation. To say the least. But I kind of expected Yamato's wish to have anything at all to do with anything that happened in Zuoger. Like anything. A single like thing. Maybe giving Bard maybe giving Bard and Larry back the chunks of their lives he took, perhaps. Yeah, that seems like um, the, that'd be a neighborly thing to do. Like Yamato helping this kid enjoy the remainder of his tragically short life is very sweet and sad and again is such a red motivation. Like, I believe it. I totally believe that this is a thing Yamato did, and that he's very upset over it. It just felt very out of left field. I Same. Same. Because there's a lot of other stuff I would have wanted him to get up to that wasn't, oh yeah, uh, childhood illness is a killer, and I would like this one child to have a moment of joy. Like, it, again, like he said, very, very... Red Ranger sort of thing to do, but he, he's got other concerns, man. I don't know. It's, though I do have to admit, like, that leads into the fight, and having the Zuoger theme kick in as he declares the wish was real good. Yeah, that's... I mean, we're gonna... Again, we're gonna talk about it, but I never thought I'd be excited to hear the Zuoger theme. Because, again, it's not very good. I enjoy it. It's There are a lot that I like more, but it was just, it was a really good use yeah, of it. Yeah, the way they did it, I was like, oh, hey, it's the Zhuoger theme. Hell yeah! It's, it's like, they're using the theme song. This is important. 
Um, speaking of that, this is not a bad thing. In that fight with, uh, I think the first time that we see Natsuki's team fighting, uh, not the time she was fighting Zuban, but the first time, uh, they used a Bokenger background track. Oh. And I'm like, that should, I'm like, that should include me in the first time I watched this, that she was gonna win. Uh, but it, it was, it was very, it's like the, the kind of core... Uh, we're having a fight, Bokenger track. Ah, well, that yeah, that would explain why I didn't notice it so much. Because if it was either of the like the Bokenger opening or ending theme, I would have caught that stuff. You know, it was a uh, it was one of the background tracks from within the show, but it was it was very good to hear it because I love the I love the soundtrack from Bokenger because I'm me, but also it's really good. Yeah, it is. Um, so this is also kind of minor and less a problem with the the episodes and more just a me problem. Uh, by the end of this episode, we know the wishes of everyone on Team Weirdo, except Stinger. Like, technically we don't know Marvelous's, but I'm assuming it's, you know, put Luca back where she should be. Because um, that's mostly why he's here. But we don't know Stinger's. Like, tell me what the boy wants. I I need to know. And on that, like, tell me everyone's. Like, what is Gosei Knight here to wish for? Like, is Doggy here to wish that Swan will take a day off so they can actually get married? Like, because that's the only way she's gonna do it. Like, Toei, you can't introduce this as a motivation and not tell me every single person's wish. I need to know them. I, like... First off, Sono, this is coming from a place of, of love and and agreement. Total agreement, because I too want to know, hey, what's everyone here for? At the same time, on the metal level, if we knew everyone's good, good wishes, because look, they're a Super Sentai, their wishes are going to be righteous as hell. Well, I guess completely the opposite of that, because hell is for sinners. Anyway, you, you know what I mean. But if we heard everyone's motivations, we might start rooting for someone else more than we're rooting for the folks whose wishes we know. That's fair, because if Doggy's wish was for Swan to take a day off so they could get married, we all know what I would be in this for. Yeah, same. I mean, look, I, I feel like once he says that, mo- like about a third of the crew is just going to be like, alright, look, that's better than my wish, just take the thing. Be like, you know what? That's fair. It's been like thirteen years, my guy. That's love. Like we're not good. We're super sentai. We're the good guys. We can't get in the way of love. But still, like that's yeah. Anyway, I think that's it for our bad stuff, right? Yeah. Speaking of love. Yeah. Well, let's get into the good stuff. Oh. So no, you started us off before. Start us off again, won't you? You can tell that this special is written specifically for me because the very first thing that happens in it is a narrative excuse to write Luca completely out of the story so I don't ever have to see her physically assault her friends. Okay, fair. Fair. Because I hate that. No, look, that's I hated it in Zuoger. I hated it in Gokaiger. I hated it even more in Zuoger when she shot at Don and Ahim. I'm still really mad about that. She fired a gun upon her teammates, and that's unacceptable. Legit. 
I love the opening song for this special. It's adorable. It's, I really love it. And I am always weak for Nobuo Yamada singing a Sentai opening. There is a reason I fought for Bokender when we did our rankings. And oh, is that the same guy? For me personally, oh. yeah. He also did uh, Ghostsager, which is about midway through our ranking, but for me personally, it's a bit higher. I really like that song. Well, I think that's, that's the problem with the, the rankings we gotta do, bouncing off each other. But look. But it's he he is the one singing this one and it's very cute and it feels real real appropriate. Well yeah, especially for a tribute show, which is like I know it's a crossover and all that, but it is it is such a tribute. It really it is. I love it. Also, like speaking of, I just, I also want to throw out how much I appreciate that for this tribute they just they just do a vague hand wave for the why of the plot, like hey what what are we doing? Oh, they're having a, a big old classic battle royale capture the flag thing. So not only do you get to watch all of your favorites for, fight in in classic super cross superhero crossover style because that's superheroes fight or superheroes meet. They have a misunderstanding or there's a reason they have to fight. Then they fight and then everyone walks away as friends. But the way they did it, with all of their hand-wavy nonsense about, like, hey, everyone's just trying to get the rocks so that everyone can have their dream, it it also gives you, as a fan on the, the like, this wouldn't have happened that way level, just a little hand-wavy reason for why your favorite might have lost. It's a crossover that lets everyone fight while still letting everyone maintain their dignity and... If they're, like, the strongest in their series, which I know is the thing they're doing here, but if in their series they were the strongest and the best, and you love them, and they're your favorite, and they get punked, you can still say, well, like, look, it was a weird matchup. There were weird rules happening. It's It lets everyone maintain their stuff, and that's really hard to do. So, you know, good on them on that stupid, nerdy plot level, because... I was not looking forward to watching, like, someone who was not Captain Marvelous get dunked on a whole bunch. Because I don't... I haven't watched a ton of stuff, but what I've seen I've liked. And I didn't want to see, like, Bio-Red get just punked from, like, a stray laser blast or whatever. I wanted to see some good fights, and and we got that, and it's nice. Uh, so I spent kind of the entire first half of episode one losing my mind over the idea of Keitro wanting to wish for world peace because what a perfect crystallization of his character. Of course that's what he wants. There can be nothing else that this man wants other than world peace. Yeah, no. I Again, I resent the hell out of how hard they've made me have the back of a cop in these shows, but they did it. I, 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 I hesitate to use the word "stan" for the guy, but I, I'm a big fan. Of course, I do have to say it doesn't hurt that it's an Arakawa written joint, because yeah, it's Arakawa writing a good cop and writing this specific good cop who he already like broke my heart with a while ago. So of course I'm on Keijiro's side. 
And just, you know, the fact that Keitra stepped down from that wish, a wish of that magnitude, in the face of Yamato's wish, was great writing. Mm -hmm. Because we don't know what Yamato's wish is at that point, but we know how strong Keitra's desire for peace is. We just spent a year living it. We saw it literally one week ago. So, like, we're not even departed from it to the point where we could have, like, kind of forgotten how much he wants it. So then it begs the question of, man, what is Yamato's wish that Keitra was willing to step down from world peace to achieve it? And when we find out in episode two that Yamato wants to save the life of this child so he can show this kid how great the world is, like, of course Keitra's gonna be like, nah, man, that's... That needs to happen. We can all work for world peace. That needs to happen. Like, no one believes in the potential for good in people and the world the way Keichiro does. It's so good. He's such a he's such a good character. I'm so mad. And also, like, I like that while they're sitting down and having that conversation, like, first off, I love that they sat down and have a conversation. That was awesome. But in that conversation, you get the little touches about, like, yeah, you know, I feel like world peace should be a thing that we go after as a species and not something that's imposed on each other. Which, like, look, I go back and forth about, quote-unquote, the correct answer here, but I like the way they put it down, I like the discussion, and it's, it's defensible either way, because, hey, world peace— all right, well, that's good, because lots of people not dying in horrible wars that are so freaking preventable. But also, like, yeah, but if you impose it on people, you strip them of, of an aspect of their free will, and isn't that kind of horrible? But also, uh, the, the thing they were doing was murdering people, and again, the, the philosophical thing goes round and round. The, the thing is, it's especially defensible from within Super Sentai. Oh, yeah. Because forcing world peace is how you get Naga's planet. That's literally what they did. And Naga as a character is a is the the embodied metaphor of why that's a problem. Yep. Ah, but man, I I love Naga so much. Anyway, we should keep going, because otherwise I'm just gonna think about how much I love Naga. He's a good He's boy. A, he really is um, a good boy. I also kind of lost it that Keichiro's team was Team Serious Business. Yeah. And that on that team was Sakura from Bokenger, because what other team could she possibly be on? Right? Seriously, like, I I had so much fun catching some of the, the team setups. Like, when they when you see Natsuki's team, from again, from Bokenger, and she's on Team Brute Force, I'm like, uh, yeah, no, that's legit. Also, I was happy to see her with her with her stupid uh, shovel claws again. I love her shovel hands. Lo yeah, it's great. It's such a it's such a silly thing, and then she just you know wrecks all the dudes, and it's great. Not like dudes. I, as in. I know I looked up a couple a couple other team names, but I don't quite remember them offhand because the 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 kanji and the kana on the screen where she shows all the teams is really hard to read. Yeah, it's very stylized. Because it, it's it's very stylized and blocky and also bright red. 
and then like it's zoomed out so far that it's not totally clear. But I want to know all the team names because they seem hysterical. Even just on that, like y'all, the second that we're Kaitra's in the big white gathering room and people start walking past him, and you just hear like the kachunk, 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 and you see Zuban's arm go past him, and he's doing little zoom, zoom, zoom. Like I lost yeah, it. That was real good. I went absolutely nuts. Like quite honestly, anytime we saw anyone returning out of suit. I kind of lost my mind. These first two episodes picked some like some of my favorites to put in it. I mean, look, same though. Which I honestly they they had a really good spread of people from all over, which it it was some good good fan service and for once it was fan service that doesn't make me want to like gouge my eyes out. Like there's there's the whole bit with Doggy transforming so you know they're busting out the Doggy Kruger suit. And then we go into the second half of the episode, and it's Sosuke and Eiji. And there's a whole bit of out-of-suit fighting between Eiji and Stinger that felt like it was very much just for me. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, like, I, I really appreciate, also, there's a bit of conversation between Eiji and Stinger once they're in suit fighting. Where, you know, Stinger's like, hey, y'all notice anything weird about this? And it's just like, yeah, I can't contact SGS, which is makes it super weird that I can still transform. Because um, if you're not familiar with how Bokenger works, their transformation device doesn't just, like, put the suit on them. It's connected to a power source that's in the vehicles for the robots. So it's it's... They can't transform if they can't access those robots. So not being able to connect to their base, but still being able to access the suit is some notable weirdness for a Bokenger. And it's super cool that Arakawa, who was a writer on Bokenger, remembered that detail and used it to kind of emphasize the point of how weird this situation is, even if it's a detail that most of the current intended audience wouldn't pick up on. I don't know if maybe he expects, like, older siblings or even kind of young parents watching with their kids to have picked up on that and then explain it to them, and then they bond a little over Super Sentai? That's a nice that thought. Is a, I really like that. Like, well, you see, in this... That sounds really good. I, I, I'm just really kind of affected by that thought. But I was also just wanted to add, um, on top of everything else... It's a great way to get, like, the deep lore and mechanics nerds to just shut up. That's basically a don't at me written into the script, and I respect the hell out of that. And, you know, speaking of that group shot that I admittedly spent too much time looking at, it is the most bananas fun game of Super Sentai Where's Waldo. Like, it's just such a blast to look anywhere in that shot and see who you can pick out. Or is, in my case, uh, who you can miss. So there's there's definitely a lot of them that I don't recognize because there are a lot of, like, 90s and Showa people in this. In fairness, there are many Super Sentai. <laughs> yes! Um, and I definitely don't recognize all of them, but, like, I could look in any area and be like, oh, there's Sakura, there's the Maji Rangers, there's Zuban up at the front, there's Gosei Knight. Like, it's a very cool shot to just kind of play the, like, who from Super Sentai is here game. It's a fun game to play. 
So I like that Takaharu's catchphrase seems to be translated this time as that's hot because that just makes him seem like a really excited bisexual and I'm kind of here for that. I I confess I had not taken it that way, but um, you ain't wrong. Just like, that's his response to everything. Anything anyone does, regardless of anything, he's just like, that's hot. Yeah. Which... I'm like, you You are now a confused bisexual, and I'm kind of here for you. Yeah. And it's such a better catchphrase than the one he used to do, and I don't know, I feel like he's not saying the same words, but maybe he is. Because they used to do, uh, I'm getting fired up. And he used to have to scream it. And now he doesn't have to scream it, and that's actually the best plan, because... The dude can pull off a lot of the stuff he was asked to do in the show and in this series, but uh, him yelling about how fired up he's getting, it never worked. Not once in the entire show. Like, you think, you thought Yosha Lucky was awkward? It was more awkward than that. Yosha Lucky at least, like, worked in the very end. It It had a payoff that was... To this day, I'm just like, that was real good, though. Ah, uh, this is my son, Yoshilaki. Like, ah, how dare you? But uh, to get back to the rest of your point, though, um, I do want to say, like, dude is on the team with Stinger and Yamato and Captain, whose face is incredibly marvelous, marvelous. Like, that's hot, is a pretty appropriate reaction, I'm just gonna say. Yeah, you know, fair enough. Because, um, boy, if I was on, if I was in the same room as Captain, as the dude who plays Captain Marvelous, I would just be trying not to look at him the whole time. Because, like, I look at it once and it's like, oh no, that's hot. I I can't be the creep who does this. I do love Yamato and Kagura just going, like, kind of bananas over Stinger having a tail, and Yamato being like, are you a human? And poor Stinger's just like, you idiots, I'm full of poison, don't touch my tail. Yeah, it's scorpion tail. There's there's very clearly a stabby bit at the end. Don't... Don't grab it, that's a bad idea. Like, I just, I'm, I've really missed this weird, grumpy nerd. Same, though. Like, he's great, generally. And somehow even better when he's on a team full of people who just do not get it. I, I I confess, I was waiting for Marvelous to to stop being a grump for a sec and and give them a piece of his mind vis-a-vis, hey, in spacefaring societies, it's considered really rude to go around commenting about and touching folks' different anatomies because you've never seen it before. Don't do that. And of course, it would have been even funnier if they could have added, if he like looked at Kagura and been like, what are you, a child? Stop that. Because, you know, that would have been extra funny, because she is. I, I, I would have been surprised. Yeah, but it just, it would have been a fun thing. Of course, then I realized that Takaharu is basically acting the same. So, he wasn't as grabtastic with the tail, but there are a lot of fully grown adults in Super Sentai who do act like they're 12, too, so. Yeah. I mean, like, look. The ninja wasn't even that long ago. No, it was not. 
And, I mean, like, Lucky was only a year ago. Time flies. Circling back to that scene of Keitro and Yamato, like, stopping and having a- sitting down, taking their suits off, and having a discussion. Like, that was actually really sweet. And, like, I know we we also talked about Keitro stepping aside for Yamato's wish, but just the exchange of, like, we're all gonna fight for world peace together because that's Super Sentai. And Keitro just being like, oh, yeah. And then just kind of, like, standing up and gesturing at the rock, like, here you go, man. You're- go do your wish. Like, it was really the perfect capstone for Keitro as a character. Yeah, it was. I feel like that's a good place for him to walk out of Super Sentai for now, until they have to bring him back for whatever crossover. And also that scene used really masterfully the orchestra arrangement of the Zuoger opening. It just, it felt really natural and sweet, and it's amazing how two different versions of the opening were used so well to convey two different emotions in these two episodes. And, and they used it so much better in these than they ever did in the actual show, because they weren't... Yeah, I feel like that's yeah. true. Because, okay, look, again, we've discussed the many ways in which Koichi Sakamoto is not great. He knows how to use the theme song exactly right. He just does. I, I, I always resent having to give him credit, because, you know, uh, he's a creep. But credit where it's due, he knows how to use the, the openings. I wish that his ability to know how to use the openings and do and film an explosion not be enough that he'd keep getting work to, what with how he's a giant creep, but, you know, whatever. Not even whatever, but just moving on. I completely forgot about Shinkin Red's giant stupid plastic sword. <laughs> I 100% forgot that was a thing. That existed in Super Sentai. I, it just it left my brain because it's been so long since I've seen Shinkenjiro, and I just haven't thought about it. And then suddenly he just is holding it out of nowhere, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, I forgot. How did I forget that thing? I like one. I I always love when they bring in that thing. Half of it, I admit, is because I just remember the. Common Rider Decade episode that they crossed over with, and the way his belt says, Wrecker Dysanto! I, I love the Decade belt. It's my favorite belt for talking. But that, that fondness aside, understanding that this is, everyone's going after their great cosmic Ryuki wish, and that justifies why we're doing all these capture the flag battles, it still felt profoundly unsportsmanlike to bust out the Rekodizanto Megasword cannon thing and shoot a couple of distance fighters who, frankly, had already lost because they were distance fighters who were getting close up against Team Swordsman. I'm just like, that was a bad idea, ladies. Just, it was. Yeah, I mean, in, in Takaru's defense, I don't think he's used to opponents who fight fair. Point. Point. And also, again, like... He's not killing anyone, and no one seems to die here. Like, you, you get messed up. Pretty clearly, you get messed up. But eh, no one's killed. It's it's a capture-the-flag battle. So it's cool overall. It's a letter-of-the-law thing. I just, just like, 
come on, don't don't use your end move. That's messed up. Also, like, what is his wish? What does he have to wish for? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, you know what his wish is? I'm going to tell you what his wish is. His wish is that his adoptive mother would continue to be the only Shinken Red we talk about so that he can just go on with his friggin' life. That's fair. Because she deserves more screen time. Like, honestly, after the show, she's kind of been the face of the series. She deserves to continue being so. And he's just like, why am I here being Shinken Red? Kaoru, you be Shinken Red. That's my wish. Kaoru, you do it. I, it. It is really amazing that she has more lines in Gokaiju than she does in Shinkendra. I mean, like, it's it's a thing. I'm not gonna take away that they found a way to finally have a Lady Red. I still wish it would have been for a bit longer. They did it as as well as you could in the situation they had, still. But it's just, like, before I saw Shinkendra, people had played it up so much that I thought it was a bigger thing. And then it happens, and I'm like, oh, this is two minutes. They, they, they found, uh, again, in the context of what they were doing, they did it the best way they could. Because I still think the smartest thing was having her be chill, and having her hype man be the absolute worst, and she can just be like, hey, you stop that, you cut that out. Like, smart move. That was, that was some good understanding of how, how to do that. But still, yeah, that's all he wants. He just wants Kaoru to be the, the only Shinkan Red. Um, so Sosuke and Eiji, like, stopping their fight, taking off their suits, and just, like, bickering. And then Eiji just busting out some vegetables and shoving a tomato in Sosuke's mouth was incredible. Like, that scene was amazing. And the two of them, like, losing because they got distracted by snacks was so perfect and in the tone of those two characters in particular. And then just having to be like, oh no, we forgot we were in the middle of a fight. It had the exact same tone and acting as a bit at the end of Bokenger where Masumi and Eiji were the only ones who didn't realize that Sakura was sneaking off into space. And just it was just a great moment. Though I am still, I don't even know if Maji Green is here, but I'm a little bit salty that Toei just refuses to put the two of them in the same spot so they can force everyone to eat a salad. I think that would be really fun. Especially if they force them- two shows back-to-back with two guys who both have vegetables as a gimmick. Why has it, this never happened? That's a very good question. Also, I just, I just thought it was great to have a couple nerds popping in to remind us that on top of everything else, Super Sentai is a series where you can be a mega-serious adventurer, or, I suppose, also kind of a doofy race car guy. Uh, but you can be a mega serious adventurer, but you're also a complete doof who will stop in the middle of a fight to remind kids that, hey, eat your vegetables. Like, that's that's pretty great, even though it's, I, that would not I be the vegetable choice for me, man. Yeah, no, I don't think I would just put a whole celery in. I don't like celery as yeah, it is. Um, I definitely would not just bite into a raw one. No, God, ugh. But that's that's AJ. That's what he does. He's a he's a strange boy, and I love him. So rolling into episode two, I appreciate that Stinger is not here to take any of Marvelous's nonsense. Because like we as the audience know why Marvelous is a little unhinged, because one of his team is missing. But he's barely said two words to anyone up to the 
this point. And even though it's clear that something is wrong, Stinger would be the one who knows best how not talking to your team or letting them help will be an active detriment to solving whatever the problem is. He is the most aware of that. Also, I appreciate that, you know, they come back from the fight and Yamato's like, Hey, hey, you almost got Ninja Boy here killed. You gonna say anything about it? And Takahara's like, no, no, man, it's cool. I'm fine. He's like, no, it's not cool. And it is not cool. He almost got you killed. This is unacceptable. I'm like, I appreciate that. Because it is. It is. Like, look, again, I love Captain Marvelous. But that mess was decidedly not marvelous in the sense of adjective, not proper noun. Like Marv, that's that's you're messing up, buddy. A little bit. I know you're upset, but like, you do need to dial it back. Though I have to imagine that like the whole bit of Takaharu and Kagura going out to like make marvelous smile and how they do kind of break through to him. I have to imagine that the two of them remind him of Guy and Ahim and Orgon. definitely. Which is, you know, why they're the first ones he warms up to, because he's like, oh, you're like my idiots. (laughs) And I kind of wish they'd leaned into that a little more. They kind of did. Yeah, but not... With, you know, Takahara being like, oh, my, my team is so close, they're my family, and Marvelous is like, family team and thing and you get the shot of like his team all posing together like i just i kind of wish they leaned into a little more how much they remind him of his family but you know the whole scene where you know they're like oh we support you and we want to see you get your treasure and we've all got teams we care about like you do and like that was really cute really was and we we got the same feeling of of Guy and Ahim over here, and or Don, you know, but but I, I feel like that was intentional in the way they wrote it, so that so that you would get those feelings if you'd watched the show, if you'd watched it. But if you hadn't, you're just like, hey man, I guess he's being reminded of his people. I wonder which one they're reminding him of. So it's it's very very well written. I, I really liked how they did that. Yeah, and, like, Takahara was actually really sweet and cute in this episode. Like, to the point where it kind of almost makes me want to go back and watch Ninja because he's, like, adorable. Even though I know that he's completely overbearing in his own show, and the, like, eight episodes I watched, I did not care about him at all. Yeah, no, that's... that is correct. This version is so much better and so much more bearable than he was in that show. Don't get me wrong, there is a lot to like in Ninja. I think there's there's a lot of great moments. When it's good, it's really good. But also, most of the time, it is not very good. It's, it's like my brain is gaslighting itself with like, no, he's like this. So clearly he's like this in his own show. And I'm like, no, he's, no, he's not. not. Like, I know better. Like, this is definitely convincing me to go back and watch Ninja, even though I know better. I, I will have to, I do have to say, though, like, kudos to them for making your brain lie to itself, because he's just that charming. It, it always makes me happy when you realize, oh, it's not the actors. It's, it's the 
the problem is like the writing and or directing. I always think that's nice because you're gonna, especially in a thing like Super Sentai where they do so many crossovers, there's a non-zero chance you're gonna see someone after their show's over. So it's nice when you can like them. So I hate to be like, OMG, they brought that guy back every five minutes of this, but oh my god, they also brought Galred back. <laughs> like, look, it's not my fault they keep bringing back characters that I really freaking love. And also, like, Kakeru and Yamato are very similar characters, both in archetype and in motivation. And I feel like he's the perfect mentor to present to Yamato and have the what being the red means, and that it means believing in your team talk with Yamato. Oops. Because that's a thing that he had to that's learn. That's a very good speech. I very much like that speech. God, it really, it really was. And it's it's a thing that having watched Gowranger, I know that he had to develop that bond with his team. Because they were all complete strangers as as you come into Gowranger. Oh, neat. Um, so just, he felt very right, and I'm glad they were able to get him, because he feels like the choice to have have this talk with Yamato. I hadn't watched, I have yet to watch Gal Ranger, so I couldn't pick it up on that level. I just got the stupid level where uh, I enjoyed that everyone on the team he was fighting was also an animal from his team. There was a shark, check, eagle, well, <laughs> or rather, there was a shark, a lion, and then a rhino, because, like, look, the rhino is part of Shuo the world, so there you go. And that was... It's actually, Galranger is almost the exact same team setup, except eagle and lion are reversed. Oh. Cool. And uh, I know their sixth has... I think at least two of the ones on Zuo the World. I know that he has Wolf, and I think he also has Crocodile. Nice. And then I, I think his third one is something else. I have to... But they, they may wild. have a rhino somewhere. Galranger's fun and weird, and a lot of Zuoger feels like it was kind of a reference to Galranger. Um, but Galred is a veterinarian. Aww. I like that. Uh, which, you know, you you may remember from Gokaijar, yeah. because that was kind of his catchphrase, is that he's a veterinarian. Look, there's worse catchphrases to have. Also, like, in, the, in that same bit, for all it was mega obvious that they couldn't get uh, the green from, uh, what was it, Gingaman? Or uh, Vol's shark back? The, the way they composed the, the back-of-the-head shots, like, you only kind of barely noticed. You did, if you were looking for it, but it was very elegant. I didn't notice until, like, the shots ended and I realized that they had only shown me Gal Red. Yep. And I'm like, oh, I guess they just didn't get those other two guys yeah, back. It's a really well-done shot, though. Good on them. Um, for all that Marvelous had been kind of a butt in these two episodes, it was sweet seeing him finally come around and being impressed with Yamato for winning a three-on-one fight, and then making a little sarcastic joke about it, because that's how Marvelous does things. That's the- that's the good- the, like, vil- the, like- god, what's the word? The- the, like, rogue with a heart of gold 
that we know and love Marvelous to be. Yeah, that's because that's basically what happened in the episode of Gokaiger when Don, like, won the whole day because he thought he was the last Gokaiger left. That was yes. a very good episode. He had he had to go get his captain. God, I love Don. Also, like, I just appreciate that it it sometimes it takes a dude a little bit to remember that being a toolbox. It, honestly, that's pretend. And deep down, our boy Marvelous loves being the beloved hero. He doesn't like to admit it, but he does. I, again, I, I understand that he's got revenge on his mind, but still, it it felt it felt weird for him to be like, just stay out of my way when Geysorg is there. Like it, it felt weird. <laughs> so the, him cracking and remembering, oh right, he's Captain Marvelous. He's a marvelous dude. It was it was so welcome. Yeah, it's. I really hope that after the apology and reconciling with Yamato, and then what we see happen to Takaharu at the end of the episode, Marvelous is going to open up about Luca and why he's after Guy's Oregon episode three. That'd be nice. Because I, I feel like being hurt and angry over losing a team member is something that all of them can relate to on some level. Because, like, again, I haven't watched a ninja, but Stinger lost Champ. Kagura lost both Akira and Wright. Yamato Bard was a weird situation. And, like, it would be nice to just see all, like, Marvelous explains the whole thing and all four of them have got, like, their hands on their hips and are like, You idiot. You should have told us. Of course we'll help. We're super sentai. We're friends. We take care of each other. Yeah, that's, I was just about to say. Although, like, I will say, as well, this is a four-part series, right? Okay. Yes, I believe so. So I'm, I'm imagining we're gonna get that beat, but I feel like that one happens near the end of episode three, so that you can open part four with the slow mo walk right out to the right out the gate for the big fight. Presume that seems like good timing. Yeah, presumably, also so they can be in a good enough mood, so that when they meet the uh, Ryu soldiers, they can all be friends instead of having to fight each other from the off. Because, look, I understand that the new guys have to beat the old guys, because that's just the nature of the beast. But, uh, I... But what if they don't? Yeah. What if they all just hang be, out? Wouldn't that be better? Because, here's the thing, I don't like the Ryu soldiers enough to be like, yeah, they get to beat Captain Marvelous after Captain Marvelous just had a character arc. They're... Yeah, they... See, that's the thing, that like, good. they haven't earned no, that. No, they have not. Because they haven't done anything. They're just walking around in a cave. Picking up things, going like, oh, hey, look at this. Let me put it in my dumb sword that goes nom nom nom. It's it's a less interesting version of Xiao Longbow's cane. I loved his cane. His cane was cool. Their sword sucks. So, that scene with Stinger in the books. Like, those are Akka Red's books, right? Like, I'm not off base in making a guess like that. Uh, I feel It feels pretty... Defensible, if nothing else. Because, like, the, the pages are absolutely, for like, scaled-down versions of guys' like, journals and the Super Address- the Super Sentai Address book from Bokender vs. Super Sentai. Like, they're the same pages. Except I think they, like, put alien language on them instead of Japanese. 
And, you know, even if they've now been separated into what seems to be a book for every team, since we saw individual Zuo, Gokai, Q, Ninin, and Tokyo books, of course they were going to put ones for each member of our main team, um, along with a couple others that didn't have as distinct logos. Like, that's Aka Red's stuff. Well, if it's if it's not Aka Red's, it, I was guessing guys, but that said... I dare say it's not too much to imagine that Akaret would have a copy of the Super Sentai Encyclopedia that Guy was making at the end of Gokaiger. Honestly, it was probably given to him by Guy, because Guy's just like, oh, You're Akaret? You're Captain Marvelous's hero? Here, have this thing, please. Can you sign my book and keep a copy? I don't know. I'm going to casually slide across the table my headcanon that Akaret and Guy were once the same person. Go on. Uh, and, <laughs> and that guy was split off into being his own person by Dragon Ranger and company after Akka Red died and was kind of, you know, impl- they kind of like took Akka Red's soul and put some fake memories in there. And like, we're going to put you back with Marvelous because that's where you're supposed to be. And he needs you even if he doesn't know it's you. Which is why they have the exact same reference materials. I'm. You know what? I'm okay with this. I feel like I should be fighting you, but I can't. I don't... Well, rather, I could. I don't care to. I like it. It's, I think, a lot about Aquaman. Clearly. And I... I've given a lot of thought to him since I watched Gokadra. I really love I, him. I think it's... If nothing else, that's a really fun addition. It's also, like, did you see any of the, the Zuoger thing that he's a in? A couple bits, and he was... Massively doofy. Man, he sure, he sure is the exact same kind of doof that guy is. That's very true. That's very true. Also, uh, one one last thing. I don't put up the same fight twice is an incredible line. Oh yeah, the one Captain Marvelous just dudes all like, I already beat you, whatever. I don't put up the same fight twice. That was Look, here's the thing. Oh, that's such a good when line. When you call yourself Captain Marvelous, you gotta live up to it. And that's how you live up to it. <laughs> you gotta drop a sick line like that. Also, okay, speaking of Marvelous things, and this is even, like, right around there in the show, I wanted on record that I'm super into this thing where Geysorg looks like whoever he last defeated, or whatever it is that they're going to use to explain why he has Takaharu's face. Because I feel like I I kill you, and then I become you, and I'm, I'm like, I'm looking for my face, and my face is the face of the strongest person. And that's going to be, like, a, a through line for uh, Ryu Soldier. Um, I just, I think that's a neat hook. Yeah, I thought it... What what I took from it was more along the lines of this armor that was in Abba Ranger, or I guess even what happens to Gao Silver or um, Kyoryu Gold, where it's kind of this living armor that is possessing whoever is the strongest person it can find at any given oh, time. Oh, that would also make sense. And that's, you know, why he was in it and why it had his moves... And I guess Luca was in it before, and that's why it had her moves, but now his moves are better, so it's gonna put him in it. I, and I guess that means Luca's somewhere. I like that. I like that. That's much better than my plan. Because uh, that's 
that's essentially what happened in Abba Ranger. Um, it went, it was around and it was on, I think, uh, Jan, technically Jan's brother, and then she had it for a while, and then Abare Black had it for a while, and then she was like, she went to the Abba Rangers and was like, we have to get him back. That armor is bad news bears. Because originally I thought he was kind of a Woolzard thing. Yeah. And then we see the helmet come off, and I'm like, oh, it's more like this. And that's neat, because we haven't done that in it's a while. Kyoryuger was the last one. Um, and even then, that was a. Kyoryuger and Gowranger are a little different than what happened in Abba Ranger. Uh, so then that's that's the end of my major things. Did you have any? Uh, no, that's really it. Yeah, I. I think for these first two episodes, this is a really neat little special. I understand why they definitely can't do this every year, because getting people back is hard. And honestly, I I don't want them to do this every year because this feels special, and I, I like when I like when things like this feel special. Yeah, like it's it's very neat, and I'm very excited by it, and I definitely just I'm very excited for the last two parts, and I'm excited to talk about them with everyone. That's that's gonna be a hoot. But until then. Uh, for all of us here at the Toe Network, and specifically Laser Knees, I'm Aleph. And I'm Sona. And don't get kicked by a horse and die, or it will t- take your face and become the strongest.